Hey everyone, this is Mac here at Sales Dads. Today I was very fortunate to host my best friend Taylor Strickland on the show. We got to go over a lot of great things. Uh, one thing you're going to notice is that it was my first time filming with an external camera. My framework wasn't the best, but it's definitely a learning experience for sure. I'm not really framed up so well in it and going to definitely work on that in the future. I also had an audio issue. My uh, second microphone died the other day and I had to rush off this morning to get a new mic and I did not have the appropriate stand for it. So we may do. Uh, we'll definitely get that fixed for the next one, but I, I really want to focus for a few minutes on, on what you're about to hear. Taylor is one of the most humble individuals I know, if not the most humble individual. And he has a very unique story. So Taylor is a former student athlete at Sanford University, where we both went to college. Uh, we really got connected more in our senior year when we studied abroad to Costa Rica together. Um, and since then, we've become extremely close. Um, you're going to hear in this episode, Taylor talk about you know his idea of having a board of advisors, of, of men you know that you trust, people in your life that you can seek counsel from and in times of need. And I think, you know, we get into some other deep things here. We, we talk about a lot of current, you know, events. Uh, we talk about some of the current things going on in, in places like Israel and Palestine and, you know, how that kind of affects things. We're also talking about how we plan to, you know, educate our children. One of the important things I really want to highlight here is Taylor shares a, a very unique story from when he and his wife, Allison, uh, went through a series of two miscarriages. And I, I cannot imagine the pain that they went through. Um, but the bravery that Taylor shows talking about that, um, I think is just critical. And, and I think more families need to understand that that is a unfortunately all too common thing. And you're not alone in that experience. And as, as Taylor will tell you in this podcast today, it just it's a part of their story. It's, a, it's definitely something that's been part of their relationship with Christ and, you know, how they've grown from that, those series of events that, you know, shapes who they are today, and it makes them the parents that they are today for their two wonderful boys. Um, so I'm just so grateful that Taylor could spend some time with me. He's a very busy individual with Boston Scientific and was able to take the time out of his day to, you know, to pull over the side of the interstate on his way back home and film this with me. Um, I think if you listen with an open heart and open mind, you will find someone that is very secure in his faith, uh, very secure in his relationship with his family, and most importantly, secures as a father, knowing that he knows that his primary responsibility is to his family, uh, not necessarily to his job. He loves his job. He, he's good at his job. But he knows at the end of the day that his first responsibility is taking care of his family. Um, please be sure to leave a comment. Uh, subscribe if you're liking the podcast. We would enjoy to learn more about what you'd like to hear more in the program. And maybe some other individuals you'd like to hear more from. Uh, certainly would like to you know hear that from you so we can continue to adapt this and grow. Um, also, if, if you're gaining something from this, please shoot us a DM, uh, shoot me a text message if you know me personally. If you're going through a hard time, feel free to reach out. I would love to talk with you, learn more about what you're struggling through and you know just counsel with you. I mean, at this stage in the game, I'm quickly realizing this podcast is less and less about sales and it's more and more about men being leaders in their families and talking about the things that we all go through. And it's something we all need to be better about doing. So please enjoy your time, you know, grab a coffee, uh, grab a water and uh, take in what this conversation entails. And I think you'll be glad you spent some time with us today. Take care and thanks for being here.
Okay, well, we are live here at the Sales Dads Podcast, Episode 7, and uh, today I'm very lucky to have my, my longtime good friend and uh, someone I consider my best friend, uh, Taylor Strickland. Uh, Taylor joins us all the way from Birmingham, Alabama today. He has driven up here on business no less because he is in the medical device industry, currently working for Boston Scientific. Uh, Taylor is someone that has been quite successful in multiple different sales entities. He's previously worked for both AT&T and Granger uh, before currently working for Boston Scientific. Uh, he has been in the President's Club, I believe, two years in a row, three just, years? Just one. Just one, just excuse one. me. But always in the top 10. Always in the top 10. We're, we're never backing down from shooting <laughs> for the top, that's for sure. But, but Absolutely. Taylor and I go way back. We actually attended college together at Sanford University. And uh, I think one of the great things about Taylor, he's just always a level-headed presence. And funny enough, we actually tried to record this once previously, and it was not working. So uh, Taylor took the time out of his day before going back to see his family to stop by my house and film with me today. And we're trying a little bit something of different uh, approach here. We are going to be recording on a camera separate from a computer, and hopefully all this works out. And it works when I do the editing later on. Man, second time around, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, we always have we always have South Dakota. Yeah, we do. I was just about <laughs> to say, at least, worst case scenario, we can do it again in, in a couple of weeks. That'll be good, man. But well, how are you, man? Thanks for making the time. Man, thanks for having me. This is fun. I like. I feel like I'm actually like real podcasting. This is this is. Well, I mean, are. we are real thank, podcasting, thank but like, yes. I, it's just like, okay, never, never envisioned myself doing this, but it's awesome. Well, I mean, it's a unique thing, man. I mean, I, I'm still learning. Like, I walked in today, and uh, one of the reasons we're kind of, you know, kicking off late, I was telling Taylor, my second microphone uh, died, and so I had to go get a new microphone. And I'm walking in to the store here locally in Nashville, and I'm, I'm like talking about things that I don't even know what I'm saying, and they're like correcting me in the spot. I'm like. Look, man, I just need a, I just need a microphone. I can just give use me a mic in two hours. Like, just give it to me now. And uh, they were kind of laughing at me, but it, it was a good time. They were super helpful. But, uh, well, dude, I mean, in terms of like what you have going on right now, I mean, I know you're, you are. If if my memory serves me correctly, you are entering Q four, which is yeah. your busiest season. Busiest season, most crazy part of the season. Like, it's your money making part of the season where you know um, you're going to see the highest number of procedures and in, in my setting and then also like the biggest run rate in, in terms of the whole year so you you can make or break um your year your current year but you're also sitting up for the following the next year so it's um it's a little bit crazy finishing off this year our, our hunting trip works out perfectly being at the end of october mm -hmm. kind of gives me a little reset before kicking like just going 100 miles an hour until christmas yeah my i'm in my slow season I'm, I'm in my season where it is, you're kicking dirt, trying to come up with some sales and it's, yeah, it's, it's fun to say the least. Everybody's already in holiday mode. I know. I know. I've got, we've got two weeks until our annual South Dakota trip. And, you know, previously we had Luke on here. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll definitely get trip on this. Uh, I don't know if I've talked to him about this or not, but he'll do it. Yeah. Um, he will. We'll make him. I I've talked to him about it already. He's good. Good. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think for me, man, it's, like you, uh, that trip is to my wife's sugar, and I, I planned my year around <laughs> yeah. that trip. <laughs> yeah, Trip was saying that earlier. We were talking. We were leaving Sunday school on the way to church the other uh, couple weeks ago, and he was like, 
yeah, work tried to plan a trip. They didn't give me the details, so I'm already going to South Dakota, so they're just going to have to kick kick rocks. Deal with it, man. So yeah. there's one trip a year. It's for the boys, and it's for it going is. and killing ditch chickens in South Dakota. Yeah, So, but it's cacklers. For those of you that don't know what a ditch chicken is, it's a pheasant, um, <laughs> and we, we take an annual hunting trip to, uh, up to Ipswich, South Dakota um, with a great outfit run by a gentleman by the name of Mike Olson. And if you're ever looking to go on a trip, let us know. We always have a couple extra slots. We'd love to have you. It's men only uh, for the ladies that might be listening while rare. Uh, it is men only. Sorry. Apologies ahead of we'll time. Find another trip for them. We can find another trip for you. In fact, I think you and I need to both find. Yeah. Our, our wives have already talked about that. I think, unfortunately, yeah, we, we already got roped one into one trip in the DR by leaving them alone, which is probably a bad idea on our part. And but. when we went to that DR trip, the entire resort was non-English speaking. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, but it were a, a good trip and it made them happy nonetheless. So that was, that's the important part. You're not kidding. I think at that point I couldn't let go of work for more than 10 minutes. I was talking about work the whole time, but I, I'd like to think I've grown since then. I, I would like to think so, but uh, yeah, haven't we all? Well, in terms, man, of like where you are currently, you, you have really made some very fast progression in your industry. And I think one of the things that has always impressed me about you is you're very focused. You always have a goal in mind. And I tend to feel like I look at things the same way. And every time I talk to you, you're, you've got a goal that you're working towards at work. Yeah. You've got a goal that you're working towards at home. Yep. So in terms of that, like how, how do you balance the two? So you don't bring that work goal home to your family. Yeah. So it's changed a lot. And over the last five years, really since joining Boston. So it'll be five years in March, February that I've joined Boston and been in this role. And in that time, it's, I mean, a lot's changed like from work all the way through personal, like my oldest is, uh, was born nine months after I started a little bit less. And so, you know, how I construct my day has changed. It used to be like, I get to work early work. Then I cut out of work, go to the gym, get everything out of me as much, all that stress out so I can leave it there. So I can go home to my wife and we have a good evening. Um, now it's like flip-flopped, like boys stay inside with mom. Like they're still sleeping when I get up, get in my workout. Like Luke was alluding to the same thing, you know, so that when we finish work, it's now family time. Mm -hmm. So you have, I, I kind of take like a minute or two if I can, if the boys aren't knocking on my door in my office is just to, um, like say like, all right, all right, God, like take this. I've done my work for today. Now I'm dad. Yeah. And I'm husband. Yeah. Not in that order. Like I'm husband first to my wife mm -hmm. and then I'm dad. Um, but like, it's the greatest joy. Like while I might just, you know, might be in the most frustrating part of my day, like, like I gotta get something done. The boys knock on the door. It's like, you know what? Bump it. I've done my thing for the day. I'm dad. Yeah. And like, if I need to come back to it after the boys go down and I spend a little bit of time with Allison, like I'll do 30 minutes worth of work at night. But yeah, it's it it but priorities in life are my family. For sure. So it's definitely been changing. And I think now that you have two boys and yeah. you know, you and Allison have, you know, really, you know, been now in, in the main throes of parenthood, what where have you seen kind of your relationship as, you know, husband and wife change having two boys versus, you know, those first two years? being married, not having kids, man. Yeah. Well, praise God that we had, uh, man, 
seven years, six, seven years before he was born. Um, but really even before that, like, uh, we were kind of, we were, I guess you'd call it expected parents, like through our two miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, truly like husband and wife, we became more yeah. it, through those two situations, um, and losses, um, you know, through what went through that and how we shaped that, like our first five years of marriage were just a cakewalk compared to that six month time frame. And then we got pregnant with E, um, truly like a blessing of the Lord um, to have that. But growth is is truly nonstop um, in how we're becoming parents and how we're continuously evolving as parents. Um, communication is even more important now, you know, you know, you have to take text messages as they come and like it's it, it set up a reminders. Like we got to talk about this. And like, I've already talked text Allison a couple times a day. Like when we get home, right home after we, after the boys are done, we can talk about X, Y, and Z. Um, whether it's church or personal or the boys and what we need to do the next day, like family calendar is important. We have an app just for our family <laughs> to keep up with our ease. Ian, Ian Sutter at gymnastics on this day. We have school. We don't have school. I've got this meeting, I'm in Nashville, you know, what have you, just so we can keep it all together. But I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, you going through, you know, those two miscarriages is very personal, you know, experience. Yeah. I think every, every woman experiences it differently. For sure. Um, you know, we were never positive, but we think Megan had a miscarriage early yeah. on um, because she was very late, but then um, randomly started again. And yeah. so we were that quote unquote chemical pregnancy, exactly. whatever they want to call it. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we don't really go and consider it one because obviously we never had the ultrasound. We never knew yeah, for yeah. sure. And so I, I can, I, I don't want to spend too much time because I know it's a very sensitive subject, but like, no, that's cool. How did you and, and Allison, how did you grow from that experience? Oh my goodness. Um, how didn't we grow from that experience? I think it was, um, holy moly. Like I remember the day, like it was yesterday. Um, like I, we were went in for the ultrasound and, um, and they weren't there. Um, and, uh, this, that was the second time around we were pregnant with twins actually. Um, they were mono mono and a lot of things about it was just like, okay, if, if this is happening, it's going to be completely a God thing. Not that any of them are not. Um, but you know, it was just like one of those things where it's like, all right, God has got a plan. We don't know what that is. Um, but the greatest thing that came from it was that we were able to speak to others later. I mean, it was a couple of years, like after the boys were born that are really, I think it was after he was born, like a year later that um, a friend of Allison's, who also went to Sanford, um, she had a miscarriage. And we were like, I was adamant. I had found out, and I was, Allison was talking to her on the phone, I was like, tell her to get a blood test. It's like, do it. Like, I don't care what the insurance says. That was the crazy part. Insurance said it had happened twice in order for you to get a blood test to find out what has what you would do to resolve whatever the issue is. Really? All Allison had to do take was, during her pregnancy, was take a baby aspirin a baby aspirin every day and and I would have a lot of babies here <laughs> but but at the same time like we found that out and we might have we might have prevented someone else from having to go through it again mm-hmm. 
and who knows what else. But like it's become part of our testimony. Sure. Like God's faithful. We have Easton and Sutton, which we might not have had either of them had we had both of these kids, all these kids. Yeah. All three. That's like I found out we were like twins. I was like, oh my gosh. Like every stereotypical reaction right for twins then i found out twins runs in my family apparently my mom decided to tell me after we were <laughs> i was like that would have been good to know um but no it's just be it's become part of our testimony you're like god is faithful through everything like could not be more thankful for Ethan and sutton and the blessing they are to our life um but truly it's like we became a different couple after that happened um just in and how that all went down like in our communication and how we talk to each other and how we address each other um you know everybody's different i'm pretty forward especially with allison like she's my wife and so that's my safe space Um, and i think she she would say the same thing but um yeah it changed a lot just in, in how we conduct ourselves with each other um the like creating a plan truly honestly and like Okay, how you and I want to be on the same page. How did how did this affect your life, and how did it affect mine, mm-hmm. and how are we going to present that? Not to like hide anything, but just truly like, okay, what did what did God do in your life during this time? Because as much as it did for us as a couple, like it molds us separately too, you know. So truly, like it's pushed me even to today to be more um, more forward about my faith. Um, and it's been more forward about really everything that I do. Uh, it's just, just, you know, instead of like hiding it is to be more out, outgoing about it. So, yeah, it's, it's something I need to be doing a much better job of because, you know, my own faith is, you know, being a Christian, I've always been a believer, but I always, but I've never been this individual to go out and, and talk about it. And I, I think, you know, in my younger years, I started, I cared way too much about what people thought about me in my yeah. younger years. And that, 100%. that definitely suppressed it, which is yeah. all the reason not to. Right. Um, but, and I think in my, you know, in the, in the last probably eight or so years, I've really, man, I, I am who I am mm-hmm. and I, I don't really care what anyone thinks about me. I mean, all that yeah. matters is, you know, my relationship with God, my, my wife, my kids and, um, and that's in my, my closest friends, man. And that's it. Yeah. Like, I'm always going to be respectful. I'm always going to help people. Um, I'm not going to say anything to, you know, purposely try to harm someone or hurt someone's feelings, but I right. have no problems expressing my faith. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And that that's why we're friends. I know I, I, yeah. I very much appreciate that about you. And it's one of the things I love about you. And it's like, without even like challenging me verbally, that's something that, you know, you present a challenge to me about like, is how outgoing you are and how forward you are with like the gospel is the gospel. And like, if we get, if something changes because of it, that just means that God wants us in a different place. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, there's some crazy things that I've gone through and, and I, I always look back and I'm like, I'm, I'm better because of it. And yeah. in the moment it's, don't get me wrong in the moment it sucks. Yeah. You know, there are things that are miserable whether they be embarrassing or they be scary, um, and whether they're mistakes made made by myself, I've always still grown and become better by mm-hmm. those mistakes or by those experiences. Yeah, yeah it, like 
just what popped up in my head was like um our pastor in Birmingham like um preached on suffering through Christ this past Sunday and the, the fine line that is like what truly is suffering through Christ and like what Paul for example went through versus like where God is challenging us in our sin and like understanding that like suffering for, for Christ isn't because we're our you know where our sin is I gotta be careful with this because I gotta make sure I explain it correctly with people listening is like just because we've sinned and God is redirecting us mm-hmm. and correcting that sin is not necessarily suffering Christ. It's a correction for us. And we can use that 100%, but there's a fine line between those two. Um, so I'll, I'll probably leave that one there. If you want to listen to it. No, I, I, I would right. actually, <laughs> I would love to listen to it. I mean, I think yeah. that. You did a fantastic job explaining that. I mean, I think we're always in that, in that nice edge of balance. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. And, and I, I failed more times than I'll ever be able to count, but yeah. in, and I, I mean, we're always going to fail. We're, we're always going to fail. And I think that's something you and I both, I think have never really been afraid of is, um, well, I, I take it back. You've never struck me as someone that is afraid of failing. I, until only about again, six, seven, eight years ago was extremely afraid of failure to the mm-hmm. point of where I, I wouldn't try certain things that were very easy. Yeah. Um, because I didn't want to be embarrassed by not just crushing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like anything yeah. less than crushing it would have been embarrassing to me. Yeah. And that's related to some, due to some things in my childhood that I look back on now and know that shouldn't have happened, but, yeah. um, you know, some expectations placed upon me. But at the end of the day, I've grown from that experience and I, in throwing myself at an opportunity is, is something that I, I think is almost a new skill set in the last five or six years mm-hmm. of my life. And you've always done that since I've known you. I, I appreciate you saying that. Like it, it's truly been a work in progress for me too. Um, honestly is, um, you know, if you're not above a hundred percent, really at 105, 110, like you're, you're failing, like not a, like a hundred percent is not even the threshold. It's one, five, one, ten. Um, but, and I feel the same way. Like, and I, I feel like, you know, it's a fine line between goals that we set for ourselves personally and what's healthy and what society says is success is successful. Um, yep. so I mean, I, the biggest part is like is societal success and like separating that from, from what true success is. And that's defined not by us, but by truly by God or creator. Um, and it's, it's something I have to work on at the end of every month. Like last quarter was something I truly had to work on. That's probably one of the most difficult quarters. I've been through in a while. Um, but you know, if I'm getting down, if I'm, if I'm hit plan with five business days to go, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be fun. So I tell Allison, I was like, strap it on baby girl. Like it's going to be an interesting <laughs> end of the month, but like, I, I don't God, God willing. Like I always find a way to make it happen. And she's like, I told you, like you always find a way, just chill your beans, do your work and trust God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something that I myself am always trying to balance is, you know, getting worked about my goals, not just the goal that's set for me by my position at work, but also just by my own high level of performance standard that I hold myself. Personal success. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then it's, you, you get down in that you can go so deep down that pathway of, of focusing on your, you know, work success that you, you lose track of what's going on at home. Right. Yeah. And so that, 
that, you know, speaking again about that balance is it, it's so important. And I think that's what so many guys today are struggling with. And that was the pr- purpose of me starting this podcast. But I mean, I, I think we need to hold each other accountable. We need, and I'm going to quote something here. I'm going to have you describe it here in a second, but we right. need our board. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so when you and I were f- trying to record this podcast a few weeks right. ago, you brought up the idea of having your board and it's something that I've always had a similar kind of opinion on, but I'd never had a, a reference for it. So share that, uh, yeah. you know, with us, if you don't mind. All right. So, well, this is truly like brought up, brought on by my current manager. Um, and truly like the best manager I've ever had across three companies, all of which were not, none of which were small, like AT&T, Granger, Boston, all fortune 500, like the top performing companies in their industry. And, um, I hope to have him on one day. Like he's fantastic. Um, and like the direction he provides me is awesome. Like in this, this idea came from him was like creating your board. Um, and I'll come back to my grandfather, but, like on my board sits like you mm-hmm. and a couple other friends, my parents, obviously my wife. Um, but it all comes from different aspects. So like the diversity, <laughs> good reason for diversity in this day and age. Um, you know, I hear from my wife and the aspect from like how she knows me the best, better of anybody and how that whatever it is will affect our family. Uh, my boss is part of my board, oddly enough, like, he gives me direction like how how he knows me personally but how i can do things professionally differently um you have a great aspect for knowing me like going back into college and how we developed um i have conversations with my parents um and so on and so forth um one like major hit i took to my board was like the loss of my grandfather a couple weeks ago um truly not anyone try to say this getting through it um they like I knew that I could bring any faith question to him and like that 1 million percent outside of like no chance was there going to be any wavering in that. And, um, speaking at his memorial was like truly one of my proudest memories and like trying to do him justice, which, um, being a pastor and doing the work that he did for the sake of the gospel for as long as he did, um, I like truly channeled, Every, all, all the sermons that I'd seen him, seen him present, um, for, even from the point of like standing up there and like having the presence that he did, yeah. what would Papa do here? Like I wanted to, I almost wanted to sit like the old school pastors, like they sat on the stage versus coming up from the audience. And I was like, I, I just pictured him in that chair and then walking up to the podium, like kind of off balance with his replaced knees and fused ankles and like how he addressed people. It was just like, he had a presence, man. And um, so with that is something else that I just take into the world of like, all right, I'm like, there's a presence here. Um, And that's kind of odd that like how unwavering my feeling of closeness with Christ has been since then Mm -hmm. is like, truly I did not, like I, I get emotional like talking about it now, but like, God just truly came over me in like the 15 minutes that I spoke at that, that ever since then, and like, I didn't crumble. I didn't like, I cried right at the end. I said, simplify Marine. I love you. And, um, cause he did it like true. Like he was a Marine. He boxed. He was a semi-pro athlete. I mean, it was crazy. The number of things he did like tearing it down. But, um, 
the impact ever since then, it's just been like, I've never felt an overflowing of Christ since then. But like my grandmother said, it's your turn. This is something that's been like wavering in my head. And I haven't told anybody that. And it was something that was between me and her at that time. Um, and she's, you know, older, but like, it was almost like there was a sense of clarity. Mm-hmm. But like, so it's just been kind of an interesting thing since then. It's like, okay, well, what does God have? What is, what, what does that mean? Um, I mean, off and on for a while, like I kind of like felt like God tug at my heart to say like, your calling is beyond sales, mm-hmm. is beyond whatever. But at the same time, like, gotta be careful with that because you you never you you got like what is God actually speaking? Um, because we have this opportunity, like, just because you're in a your professional title is sales or what have you, right? Does not mean that you cannot carry the word of Christ to everywhere you go. And covering two states for Boston, like, I do my best to do that. Um, and share like how I conduct myself on a daily basis. And like salespeople have a bad rap now. And it's a really, (laughs) really unfortunate circumstance that sales. So many salespeople have such a bad rap because, you know, a few people have spoiled it for us. Um, so like, you walk in the door and meet somebody new and they automatically have a negative connotation like towards sales because you're because you're a salesperson so you spend months or weeks or however long it takes to overcome that but it's just like when you show people what you do and how you do it and why you do it and like show them your heart you gotta be careful sometimes obviously but so they don't take advantage of you but when people understand why you do it and how you do it it's like i had somebody call me yesterday actually she was like I don't treat anybody like the way I treat you, including my nephew who is a rep and walks into my surgery center. And I treat you differently and I trust you. I want you to come do X, Y, and Z for me. Yeah. And so I, I think it's, it, it's understanding people. It's, yeah. it's, it's leading with how we've been raised. Yeah. At least I know how you and I have been raised yeah. with morals and values that we've learned you know, through, you know, families that have been raised in the idea of Christ. Um, and, and I think the thing for me is, you know, I, I get on my sales calls, you know, as, as you know, I'm remote based and I do everything over the internet, right. but I, I get on my sales calls and it's, Oh, this is, this is about selling a product, you yeah. know, like it's, here we go. Yeah. And it's, I find if I can just get the family or get the individual I'm speaking to, to just Give me a second. Yeah. Like, drop their guard. Drop the guard. Let yeah. me build a relationship with you. I'm yeah. not here to sell you. I'm here to get you to understand that you may have a problem that we could help with. Cons- consult. Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I I think where so many salespeople go have gone wrong and created a bad rap. It's just that they will say anything. And, and to yeah. be fair, I mean. I, I have families or excuse me, I have clients that'll call in. Well, I, I was told this, so it's like, thank the Lord for zoom because I have a recording that I did not say that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, and it's, and I, I think that's in, in years past people, you know, have gotten swindled out, out yeah. you know, in, in previous, you know, generations. Yep. And now with the invention of greater technology, which I despise, but at the same time, <laughs> I also appreciate it because of of those phone calls. Like, cons. Exactly. It's like, no, that's, that's not what you were told. Yeah. But I still think, you know, that aside, holding ourselves to a higher standard, not just as, as fathers, but in our role, yeah. 
if, if I'm some crappy person at work, how, how can I expect to raise my children to be upstanding? Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I'm going to, you know, take advantage of somebody in my role, mm-hmm. I can't expect my children to, to do the right thing either. Yeah. Right. It's, you just have to do the right thing. And I think, you know, you kind of talking about what your grandmother said to you, it, it strikes me something I heard the other day uh, by someone I was listening to. And he was talking about how, you know, your, your son is your replacement. Mm-hmm. And it is. And I yeah, think that's powerful. And it's challenging. You, it is challenging. And it's, and I think being, when you have sons, granted, I have two daughters and a son now, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm training my daughters to be my replacement too. I'm not going to differentiate, but I yeah. will say, I will put my son through greater expectation mm-hmm. physically. Yeah. Right? Um, not that my daughters are not, you know, incapable, but there will be things that I, there's a standard, there's a standard. Right. And, and I think for that, you know, to be the case, I have to set an example for him to follow. Cause if I'm, if I'm bumbling around and, and then telling him to do something differently, doesn't make sense. And it's, if yeah. I want, if I want my replacement, when I leave this earth and I'm called home, if, if I want them to be able to take care of themselves and their families and our future generation, then it's my responsibility now. And 100%. it's your grandfather was the head of your board yeah. and he poured yeah. everything, you know, from himself into you. Yeah. And now you have all that and own in, in your own life experiences. Right. You know, and I think, I think that's what so many dads need to be reminded of. I mean, for those that are listening, I, I really want this to hit home and say that, yes, your responsibility is, as a father is as a provider, but your provision is not just financial. Correct. Yeah. 1 million percent. You're right. You know, it's yeah. your provision is, is security. If excuse my language, but if some asshole barges in my home at night, I better be able to handle business. Yeah. Right. Like, so my provision for my family is not financial. It's just financial. Excuse me. It's, it's financial. It's physical security. It is emotional support and comfort mm-hmm. and most importantly, spiritual leadership. Yeah. And I think, and that's where I've probably failed some degree is the spiritual leadership, but also just my presence because, yeah. you know, my previous role before where I am now, man, I was, I was working more hours than, than I currently do. I was working 7 a.m. to 9 and 10 p.m. Yeah. Currently, I basically work from 4 to 12 p.m. Yeah. Right. And so my hours are different and better, but they're not with my kids. And so I, I try to separate, you know, the weekends as much as I can to be with yeah. my kids. But, I, you know, transitioning here, I, I want to kind of, you know, spin, spin back on a little bit of your past. You, you're a former athlete. And, and I never really like to say former athlete because if you've, if you've been athletic, you always have that, that drive. Yeah. Um, some people let themselves go more than others. Fingers pointing at me. Nah. Um, but my, my point here is, you were successful in football. You, you know, had the opportunity to play in college. Yeah. Where, what lessons have you taken from being raised by a football coach? Your dad's a football yeah. coach. And then you got to play at a pretty high level in college. What lessons have you taken from that and been able to apply to your family life and to your work life? Um, I, I would say probably one of the biggest lessons I've taken is the relationships. Um, what's interesting is like, I work for Boston and a guy is now on my team that we were, I guess you say loosely teammates. It was a year I was a student assistant and he was a freshman. Um, and he played on, uh, played at Sanford his freshman year, my fifth year after finishing my time, um, in eligibility and like, tell me like college 
coaching was going to be my thing or if that was a path I wanted to take. But it was, that was a relationship. I knew him, and a position came open, and he applied for it. And my boss came to me. He's like, this guy played at Sanford. You know him? I'm like, yeah, I know him. He's like, well, yeah. Like, it, without knowing, without having to say too much, like, if he played for the same person, he's a really similar to the guy I knew back then and hardworking guy, like, you've checked a lot of boxes. Is like the greatest one of the coolest things that uh, we used to like sell as I like kind of helped a little bit with recruiting was like you walk out of Sanford University with a diploma that says Sanford University on it. It means something. It means not just it means a lot. Yeah. Like you work, you have that, but then you have student athlete written underneath it. You have an awesome diploma through one of the more difficult universities, mm-hmm. and. Uh, some people might be laughing. I don't care. Like, it's not easy to get through that, then let alone doing it as a student athlete. Um, but it was relationships. Yeah. And there's, um, you know, he works, uh, he's a great guy and he's done awesome in the couple of years he's been with Boston. So um, relationships. And um, that was something that Coach Sullivan instilled with us when he came over, um, became our head coach my sophomore year. And um, so I'd say that was probably the biggest thing. Um, and seeing that impact, like when he passed away a couple of years ago, was like the sanctuary had been packed because of the relationship that he had had and the yeah. impact he had. Not only as like, yeah, like Pat Sullivan Heisman Trophy, but Pat Sullivan as the coach and the man that he was um, in the gospel presentation that he had too. I mean, it's evident. I mean, just, you know, knowing a bunch of the guys on the team. You know, I think of JT, Jeremy Towns. Yeah. I mean, oh, my gosh, the impact he's made. The impact, you know, <laughs> JT, that Coach Sullivan had on JT. JT, yeah. the impact he's having. I mean, and golly, man, what, what God's doing just through JT is just nuts. Man. Yeah. And, um, you know, for those of you that don't know or have not heard of Jeremy Towns, please look him up on LinkedIn, Instagram. You know, Sanford, former Sanford football player, got drafted by the Bills. Um, went to medical school and then now is he's at Andrews working sport. for Dr. Andrews. Yeah. Which like, is incredible. And it's the top, the top practice in the world. Yeah. For sports and injury. yeah, it really is probably in the world for yeah. sports medicine. Yeah, yeah. There was a, I read something a couple of years ago, some English football and I don't follow soccer as well as I should, but yeah. um, some big English footballer guy came over uh, from Europe and got operated on really? by the Andrews clinic. Yeah. yeah. In Birmingham. But That's crazy. I mean, I think, that impact and just seeing what other guys have posted about coach Sullivan, we need those leaders. Yeah. And I think that's what I miss the most. Like my dad passing, yeah. my dad was always, he was always there with solid guidance, but he, mm-hmm. he never hovered. He gave me space to figure it out. He'd break me down if I was doing it wrong mm-hmm. or being stupid and yeah. making dumb mistakes. Not, not, not dumb mistakes. Like I, I didn't understand it was dumb mistakes that I was just didn't care enough. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he would, you know, bust my chops for that, but yeah. I miss that tough love. And, yeah, yeah. And, and to me, circling back to that, the board, I think it's, um, that's as men, as we get older, why we have to have a tribe of men that we trust and we can yeah. and open up to, for sure. because if one, as you start to lose those family members and it's, it's simply a part of life, yep. it, it's difficult. Cause who do you go to? And yeah. cause brother, I'll tell you, man, I have, I've pulled up my phone and literally gone to text or call my dad before. And I had to, I had to finally delete my dad's number from my cell phone. Yeah. And I, and that's a painful thing to think about, but I had to do right. it because he's not here. And yeah. you know, and, and how do you fill that void? Well, relationships, yeah. you, you need to understand and something that I'm praying that I remind myself and that Megan and I both remind each other of instilling in our kids is 
not being afraid to talk to people, mm-hmm. build relationships. And Tyler Warrick, who was the latest episode that I posted, uh, he's a great guy. You'd love him. He and I, you know, agree eye to eye on, you know, don't text, call. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. We all get sucked into the cell phone, but he made, and I just found this so fascinating. He was talking about how when he and his wife started dating, his wife was kind of taken aback by the fact that he was calling her and not texting. Yeah. And I guess that's the society that we live in now, right? It truly is. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think my fear is that I look around, if I take my family out to a restaurant, I'll see some young kids on a date, college age, high school age. Looking at their phones. Exactly. Looking at their phones. And for me, it's, I want my, I want my kids to have a board one day when I'm not here. Right. How do you build a board like that from texting? You don't. Yeah. You, you don't. And so yeah. I, I think as a father creating community for your kids to grow up in, um, church is a, is a great environment for that. Sports is a great environment for that. You still right. have to be protective and selective of where you place your family. Um, which, which is why we've been in a very unique kind of time frame trying to find a new church. But, yeah. you know, with that being the case, I think you have to create that expectation of, you know, hey, get involved. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that your child needs to be an extrovert. I mean, God knows I'm, I'm more of an extrovert for 15 people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day. I was going to say 20. <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably true. But at the end of the day, it's you're you need confidence in social settings. Yeah. And, and Megan will tell you this herself. I'm not, I'm not throwing my own wife under the bus here. Megan, it, it, she is almost like multiple personality in, in the office environment. She can be out front. She can lead, she can take charge, be at the front of a program, lead a webinar, have 500 people responding to her. If, if it's just me and her, she wants nothing to do with the decision-making, right? Like if we're like talking That's or going funny. into a restaurant, going up to like tell yeah. the hostess, hey, we need four or five seats. God, how many kids do I have now? We need five seats. Um, it, it's she, she will hold back. Yeah. That's okay because it, it, in that setting, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. But in, in her career field, she knows how to build a relationship. Now, her, the downside to it is, is that she's also not the most social person outside of work. Yeah. And and that's not something to be critical of. It's just she's more introverted. Yeah. But I, I think there is a fine balance there. Yeah. Because you still, outside of work, you still have to be able to socialize to create yeah. that board, if you will, yeah. around yourself and around your family. Like sure. I want, God knows if anything bad ever happened to me, my wife knows that she can call you. Yeah. And when my kids get older, they will know that they can call you. Yeah. That's the level of trust that you and I have. Yeah. I think that's missing for most people today. Yeah, it's tough for sure. No, and that's, I mean, that's a great example. Like my dad has been an awesome relation, uh, example of that and having the people that he has. And that was one of the cool things that like really tugged at me in terms of like, do I want to be a football coach? Was because the guys that he coached with were the almost a, like the same core, like of five guys that he coached with almost his whole career. And I was like, I want that. But like, you don't realize how rare that is. Even more so in college. Right. You might stay with like one coach. Like if he's the head coach and you're an assistant or something like that, you might have developed a relationship that that happens. But it's few and far between. And I was like, oh my goodness. But like this plan B of that is like what we're talking about is like having the board. Um, But it's like, it's really interesting how much that's changed. And like, we've kept that up. Like you living in Nashville and then in Birmingham and 
other places you've lived and then like you know what's really cool is like we've developed a good relationship with or i have more so with luke like you knew luke coming out of sanford right was been like okay like talking about south dakota throughout the year but then i was like i was reading um just started a book and i was like you know what we all have sons Mm -hmm. like this is a great way for us to connect and like listen to what him on your podcast from like a week or two ago was really cool i was like you know what why don't we talk like more on like forward front like not sure. just about bird hunting um but uh so like i'm looking forward to that and like um that, that was a that. really good idea I'm, I'm glad you suggested that i'm i actually meant to order that this morning and uh having to buy this new microphone prevented me from doing yeah. it but i'm going to order that here in a little bit later this evening because i i think that's you know being able to kind of level up with with fathers in similar stages yeah it's like hey man you're you're not the only one experiencing this Yep. Not saying my answer is the right answer, but here's here's what we did. Yeah, you know, yep. and uh, reading that book together, I think will be awesome. I definitely think it's it's a great thing. And man, I, I just think it's you know I, I've got a buddy uh, Justin Shear, which I man I wish you could meet him. Justin's a teacher, yeah. um, and former uh, former military. I believe if my memory serves me correctly, he was actually a Green Beret. Oh, cool. um, I believe he was actually a Green Beret, but I may be incorrect on that. Uh, but you know, Justin, you know deployed overseas you know he's 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 seen it he's done it much like trip and but honestly probably one of the most calming individuals Mm -hmm. i have ever been around and sometimes if it's just like you need to kind of get a moment and and sit down with someone that's in a similar position of fatherhood you know it's great for the two of us to go grab coffee and we try to grab coffee every two weeks on, on monday that's awesome and uh having that and being able to kind of talk about like where his kids are, where my kids are. Cause his kids are about two years older than I think okay. my oldest. I think that's huge. That's, that's yeah. great for to have somebody that's a little bit further ahead. It, it really is. And and I think it's, it's been a calming thing. It's like, okay, we're, we're fine. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're fine. You know, like you, you get out of it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Exactly. Right. And it's, and another thing like that board, I, I having people that are significantly older, I, I think is important too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have a really good friend, that I would consider on my board and he's early sixties mm-hmm. and I mean, he's done it all, man. I mean, he's, yeah. he's done it all and just a solid man, solid man of faith. Um, in fact, he leads the worship at his church. He's not the senior pastor, but he leads the worship at his church every Sunday That's and awesome. great man. But I think for me, you know, we're, what I'm trying to work towards is, you know, getting myself, you know, back physically where I should be, uh, to make sure I'm always able to give 100%, you know, when my kids want to play, mm-hmm. um, not be tired, not be, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. just do it anytime they want it, mm-hmm. as long as I can for the most part. Um, but I think the next thing is that as we're, you know, kind of stepping into our next, you know, role, or not, I shouldn't say role, but our next stage in, in our life as parents is, you know, making this investment decisions on what, you know, how much space is, is enough, yeah. what's too much what's the right play there? And I think it's a very unique time with the market being what it is. You know, we've decided we're going to hold here for a while longer. Yeah. Right. And, but I will tell you like that, that pressure of like, I've always just been a guy that feels like behind. Right. Yeah. That's tough to come out of for sure. Yeah. And, and, and I, I find that influencing other areas of my life. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to put the damper on that field. Yep. Right. Good for you. Um, and it's, dude, it's, yeah, it's not easy. No, I, I have that same feeling sometimes for sure. Yeah. Like, to not, to not be like, oh, somebody else has got X and Y and Z and yep. like keeping up 
with whatever family is doing whatever and like going on vacation or what have you. But like, no, man, like you just got to keep it in context of what's best for your family. Right. Um, and like helping that it's also a teaching point for our family. Like just because that family has something doesn't mean we need it. And I mean, there's times to invest in something and there's times to just invest in our family and understand that like we don't just because it's affordable and we can get it doesn't mean we need it. Exactly. Um, and that's something that I'm truly like really trying to rein in now just because I can afford it just doesn't mean we need it. Yep. And like teaching my kids and myself and like that's a huge reminder for myself. Like it's like, okay, let's put this into context. Mm-hmm. Like let's learn to play with what we've got and enjoy those things and because all of a sudden you have a house that's just overrun with things and you can't walk anywhere. <laughs> um, which just drives me up the wall because I'm like, if I play with something, I gotta put it up. But like, it's like that creativity license that Allison reminds me of. Like, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm a very organized person. Yeah, it's hard to watch those toys sit out. It is, man. It's like, it's, but it's, it's a it's teaching shocking. opportunity too. Like, hey, let's put this. It, it it's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, with two girls, that's a little bit different. With it, two, with two girls and a toddler, like yeah, not quite a toddler, but man, it's a little bit different than just two boys. You come out every the morning, you think all the toys are put away, and you put a bare foot down, walk into the oh, coffee maker, and you step on something. The, yeah, we have the little dinos that yep. are like that big, yeah, the and worst. they blend in with the carpet sometimes. So you think you've gotten them all, but then there's that one, and you, out of this giant space, you step on that. Yeah, it's funny how your the bottom of your foot just seems to find the the landmine smaller than a quarter. Yes, um, that will make you howl and in, in pain really quickly. Wake up the whole house. Yeah. It's fun. It's like fate. But anyways, <laughs> you know, in terms of like, you know, you you know, being in this point in your career, and you know, you now you know having your two boys, what are you preparing for? Like, what what's oh, man. with the current kind of yeah social events that we're experiencing you know what, what are you what are you and your wife preparing for and what are you trying to do to you know take care of the future yeah so that that's an interesting question so i have a guy that i've worked with for a while and he's done great like he's kind of helped me as i've transitioned companies he's i've given him those two so to consolidate mm-hmm. and allow him to work around that stuff um the boys have you know, obviously some smaller college funds that we contribute to and hope that those grow. Um, but then like personally, it's like Allison and I have a number that we keep in our savings account, mm-hmm. like for emergency, like CDs have been awesome. Yeah. Um, so just like small things, small adjustments. Um, I mean, just talking to my board, like diff- diff- different people do different things. It doesn't mean we have to act on those things. That's right. the, probably the biggest kicker is like, just because somebody's doing something doesn't mean you've got to do it. How do you, I'm going to interject there for a second. Yeah. How do you keep that balance? Cause I think that's something that I don't struggle with it personally, Yeah. but I know a lot of people that they see it. This person has it. I have to have it. They spend in, in they're spending in many cases, they're spending money. They don't have, they're using yeah, credit yeah. cards. Um, oh yeah. That's the worst. How, how do you keep that balance? Man. Um, well, like Alice and I keep an idea of like what we need and what we want. Yeah. Um, we're kind of like you, like we like our house. We like where we're at. Like let's invest where we're at. You can't take the money with, like there's that fine line. You can't take it with you. Mm-hmm. You don't, you're not going to overspend. So like, you just got to have that fine line. And like you bounce it off of three or four people and that are 
that's what that's kind of something I do is I bounce it off people that are my age, and then I talk to my ne- the older generation, my, my parents, my in laws, and like, okay, what do you do on this side of it versus and how does so how does this where we are impact where you are now? Right. And so I find that line. Um, so I mean that's really my way of going about it. it there's not a right or wrong way. Um, the biggest thing is just just consult wise. Say that again, wise people. Yeah. Not just throwing it out there and saying like, oh, what do you think, Mr. Joe Schmo walking down the street? You know, people you trust. Like then those are the people that are part of your board. I mean, I think you have to I, one, trust has to be there. If the trust isn't there, yeah. then you don't ask. But I think two, and this is gonna sound judgmental, I don't care. You need to be asking people of a similar economic level as you. Because yeah. if, if someone is, and I hate to say it this way, it's not me trying to be judgmental, but if someone hasn't been through that experience, you don't really need to seek advice from that. Yeah. You know? Well, it's just like everybody's get different ends of the spectrum. Right. Um, so, like, you just, you gotta seek wise counsel yeah. in everything that you do, like yeah. whether it's financial or. Yeah. The, the financial thing, I think it's. I've met too many people that are like, well, just buy it. You work your tail off, just buy it. Yeah. And it's like, no, like there are, there are responsibilities that you have to, you know, prepare for. And I'm not just right. saying like covering your electric bill and all that. I'm saying like, there are rainy day things like yeah. perfect example, our air conditioning went out yeah. you're talking about that. and thank the Lord we budget and we save and we save and we save and mm-hmm. we handled it. Yeah. No, no problem. Yeah. And we didn't finance it, paid the man in cash, done yeah. deal. And it's, that comes from being, prepared and by mm-hmm. being prepared i mean we're we are you know fiscally responsible and yeah. we have plans and I, I think that's more things i would love to hear more young couples talking about um yeah. you know like not financing things not financing things yeah right so you have the cash i mean we bought a new car recently yeah largest check i've ever written in my life yeah that's great <laughs> but <laughs> but that is such a relief and not having anything like that over your head. Yeah. Waiting till you have the cash is worth it. Especially in this day and age. Like, cars aren't what they used to be. No. But, like, being free from that, I remember when I wrote the last check, like, Alice and I were probably three years into marriage. Her vehicle was paid for. And I was working. And then I did side jobs. Yeah. Like, I would do different things. My sister ran an events venue, so she needed help setting up for events. I was like, yeah, I want 50 bucks cash for setting up or setting whatever. And like, I would just stockpile that until I go pay off a couple hundred dollars here, like 50 bucks more, $50 more, $50 more. And I stroked that last check for my truck and we haven't stroked a check except for like straight up. I mean, I think obviously when you're starting out, I get it. Like you, yeah, you, you're you going to have to finance a little, you bit. got to for sure. You, and to start, and yeah. to be fair, like I, one of the things that you and I have both talked about before is if you're going to buy a car, finance it for a month so you get the better price point. Yeah, yeah. And then and pay don't it pay off. the interest. Don't yeah. pay the interest. Yeah, exactly. You can pay a little bit, but you're going to yeah. save a lot more than what it was. Yeah, for sure. And it, you're like, what is it? Dave, what's his name? Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. So you got, I mean, like, he's a great counsel. He doesn't know everybody, though. No. It's a great starting point. Sure. You just got to take it for what it's worth. And it, heck, if you want to go that method, like, more power to you. I don't have that much for it. Like, we have our house. <laughs> I'm not going to pay that off for a while. Yeah. But, and like the interest rate's so small from when we bought it. Like why? 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 Like we have better money coming in on that investment than paying that off. But yeah, I mean, I 
for me, man, that's the thing. It's, it's, uh, be wise with your purchases, but also be wise with paying off investments. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You got to know, you got to weigh this just like, I mean, seek counsel. Yeah, exactly. Wise, wise counsel. Wise. Yeah. Wise counsel. Always, you know, friendly reminder, a few concussions here. So always take yeah. what I say with a grain of salt, but, um, you know, I think you've always had a, a really good way of balancing a kind of, you know, getting away and, and taking time for yourself and, and you and your wife, but what, what's your routine? I mean, I know you like me like to, you know, stay active, stay yeah. fit. So how do you try to, you know, build a routine during your day, during your week? Yeah. Like being here, I, I try to really try to take advantage of the time that I'm away. Like if I have to be away from my kids, I'm going to take advantage of that time. So while I'm away is actually a little bit different schedule than when I'm at home. So this is a perfect example coming out of that is like, I get up a little bit earlier than when, if, if I are at home, because I also go to bed a little bit earlier than if I were at home. Um, so my day starts out not far off other than like those time things, but like wake up, go exercise, finish that, spend some time like reading, writing, talking to God, reading my Bible, and then I transition kind of into my work day. If I'm at home and I don't have to be somewhere super early, it's going to do a little bit of work after that. Boys wake up and Allison, eat breakfast with them, get out the door. Right. Sometimes help them get out the door if they're going to school that day or work or whatever. Um, but that's, and then work and then finish my work. And then I have my time with my family. Like 99% of the time that phone's going to go on the corner over there and, I have my watch on if somebody's really important. I've got to have do something, then like we'll do it. But thankfully, in in my world, it ends about two o'clock with people phone calling because they're done. Because like that's the great thing about it is my world starts super early, but also ends early. Yeah, I mean, for the record, I mean you've I've you've been at the hospital like five thirty in the morning before. Oh yeah, no, I don't want to talk about how early I've left the house. Sometimes <laughs> um, that's pretty pretty crazy. Some of the, sometimes that I've left, I'm like, I probably shouldn't have done that. And sometimes like if I'm leaving to go out of town, if I can, like I'd be up here for dinner. Um, but if I'm going somewhere, I'm going to get the boys down, talk to Allison for a minute, then I'm out the door. I'm spending as much time at home, but I mean, sometimes that means I get somewhere at midnight and I wake up at six and, or five or whatever and get out the door. Um, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because it's spending more time with my, my family. So. Well, I think it's important because, I mean, I, I did the same thing well before I ever had kids, right? Like I would, I would stay around until sometimes 10 o'clock at night Yeah. in my younger days. And I would then drive to Atlanta four hours, you know, get there about 3 a.m., you know, Eastern time and, you know, get three hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, and then go run my day. But at the time, you know, I was dating my now wife and you know, that time was important to me. And I, and I agree. I think it's the, the kids deserve that time. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I don't like, I don't like the fact that my, my kids teachers one day will actually spend more time with them in childhood than me. Yeah. And that's fact. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, you're right to maximize your time. And it's something that I'm so motivated for, but you and I have been talking a lot recently about the next step for our kids, which yeah. is where, where we're going to enroll them. Right. So yeah. you being in Birmingham and me being in Nashville, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on in the current landscape of education, and, and I've right. worked in education my entire career. I I'm not happy with a lot of the stuff I'm hearing, and more importantly, I'm not happy with certain things that should be enforced not being enforced. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the bullying issue. I mean, 
I know someone that their child was physically assaulted by a 300 pound middle schooler. And, oh and that is not an exaggeration. Um, and I'm not being judgmental of the student's weight, but I'm just using it to, ex to yeah. show the difference in yeah. size. Yeah. yeah. Um, a 300 pound middle schooler physically body slammed their daughter and mm. nothing was done about it. There were teaching teachers that witnessed it. Nothing was done about it. And so for me, public school's out. We yeah. we've officially made that call and it's been a tough call because dude, I mean, it's a financial one. That's hard. Yeah, exactly. And so, and, and that's been the thing it's, you know, we've looked and we've said, all right, this is my lowest year in sales ever just because our, our market Trans yeah, transition right now. Yeah. I mean, with the inflation that's going yeah. on, there's, there's less going on what I do, but that being the case, you know, we've agreed that if, as long as I can maintain essentially what I'm doing now, mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to do private yeah. or homeschool. Neither of us, I don't have the patience to be a homeschool instructor. Mm -hmm. Megan wants to work. So we're, we're shooting for private, I yeah. think, yeah. Um, unless things change, we like to go homeschool. But the, for the most part, the education system here where we live is, is pretty solid, Yeah. but there's just growing issues. So yeah. how, what are y'all kind of talking about doing? Yeah. Not far off from this, from, from what you're saying, like, uh, obviously a little bit different from like that situation that that's that and those situations arise different in different scenarios across the country. Like sure. I think everybody, every parent's having that conversation right now. Um, I, I think we're probably leaning towards the same thing being in private school. Alice and I both, um, started out in private school. She went all the way through like beginning to end actually from going to Sanford. Um, I went through fifth grade and went to public school and in, in middle and high, and then went back to Sanford in a private institution. Um, but I, I think we're kind of leaning the same way. I think the, the biggest thing is like you were saying is those teachers are going to spend more time with our kids than we are. What, what background do we want that teacher to have? Well, that's a, a background of Christ. Um, and, and what the Bible says about kids and parents obeying kids and being, or parent or kids obeying parents, not that way, not the other way around. Heaven forbid, um, as much as some people think that that's the case in society. Oh, I've, I've got a story for you. Uh, Keep yeah. going though. Um, but, and then, um, you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but like boys and girls equal, but not the same. Exactly. My boys, I've not done a great job. I don't want to do better at this. will understand to hold the door open for their mother yep. and their dates and their, they don't have a sister. Got to kind of work on that one. <laughs> um, but for their, the aunt, for their aunt, for their cousin who's coming home, and I'm super excited. Um, my brother-in-law and his wife are bringing my niece home in, from Australia around Christmas. I'm super excited to meet her. That's awesome. Um, but, I mean, yeah, equal but not same. You will treat ladies with respect. You will say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, sir. And if that teacher needs to swat your rear behind, I'm going to give them permission to. Work for me. It happened to me one time in school, in private school, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, my parents did really say that. Like, they said, yeah, miss such and such. If you see fit, I mean, I don't think they can do that now, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so that's where we are. I think we're probably leaning towards private school because, like, um, you know, go forth and, and, and do your best. And why, what, what does it mean to do your best? And why should we do our best? Because God calls us to, to do that. Not be, not just because we should do our best just because, 
but and then roll the dice on what teacher you get in private public school and hoping that like well, you get the good one or whatever. Yeah, but. and it's I mean not to not to throw educators on the bus. I mean, I'm to a degree, no, oh. I, I'm an educator, but and you're yeah. not, but I think for me it's having worked with schools my entire career. Yeah. I have seen some of the absolute most amazing people mm-hmm. and I've seen some people that I don't want to spend two seconds around. Yeah. And well, I my dad was a public school educator. Yeah. But great man. Yeah. I mean, you know? doesn't mean there's, you know, there's great public school educators. Yeah. Some, a great family friend of ours. And like, that's fantastic. Just like, you know, and there's nothing wrong with our public schools in, in Alabama. Like we have some great public schools. It was just like, what's best for my kid? That exactly. doesn't mean that's what's best for your kid. I agree. So it's just about praying about it, seeking wise, everything we've came, come back to today, seeking yeah. wise counsel. And I think it's just I, encouraging any young fathers here, or hell, any, any fathers that have, you know, four or five, six, seven-year-olds that are kind of at that stage that we are, you are in control. 100%. Right? There are ways, if, if you think private school is right for you, you think, well, and, but you can't afford it. There are ways to afford it. Private schools yeah. offer financial aid. Let me be the first person to tell you that. Private schools offer financial aid. You worked aid. in that world for a while. Worked in that world for nearly 15 years. Yeah. And, you know, you can find a way. I mean, maybe you don't want to, but maybe you pick up part-time work to cover that additional, yeah. you know, cost. Hey, if that's what you believe is right for your kids, then you will make the sacrifices. And I think too many people today are unwilling to do the things necessary to do what they know is right. Yeah. They're, they, they look for an excuse and I'm not saying I'm above that. I've certainly made excuses before too, but they they look for an excuse. And I I think with my children, I refuse to make an excuse for my children. Yeah. If they they didn't ask to be here. No. They're a blessing from the Lord and the Lord calls us to be parents. Exactly. And therefore I feel called to provide for them the absolute best that I can. Mm-hmm. And I do think that I should have some control over what's being placed in front of them. Yeah. Um, and know what's being placed in front of them. Right. Exactly. And so let me, let me tell you a little story here and I've got to be respectfully, I can't name names or anything like this, but this is a close personal friend. Yeah. Um, has a, has students in college currently, mm-hmm. um, about a year apart, and one of them during middle school, the local middle school here, was undergoing some pretty severe bullying. And the guidance counselor at the middle school tried to get the student, my friend's daughter, to sign a non-disclosure agreement that she would not tell mom and dad about what was going on at school. Oh my goodness. How in this yeah. world That's an educator right. tries to tell a minor to sign a non-disclosure agreement. It's not legal, is it? It's, it's not legal. Um, for any attorneys that are listening, I'm assuming it's not legal, but if it's legal, yeah, let can't me know. Like of that age. Like you have but, to be yeah, 18, for a minor, right? you had to be represented. Yeah. And it, the fact that that, and it went unpunished, right? And, and that's what, it, it's... Scary. It's scary, right? Now, my understanding is that individual no longer works at that school, Yeah. Uh, but that was not why that person left. They, they left to leave. They, they didn't get fired or anything like that for it. But my, my point is, is that how, if, if that kind of behavior is taking part, if they're trying to conceal something for me as a father, then I can't willingly put my kid in that environment because I don't know what's yeah. actually going on. Yeah. It's a fine line that we're dancing in this day and age. Like so many people have turned towards trusting in the government yep. and away from trusting in God 
And so they have put forth and relinquished their abilities because they've said, okay, government, you need to provide X, Y, and Z. And said with that, and they voted for it without really understanding what they're actually giving away. Exactly. You are giving away your right and your responsibility. I think that's responsibility is another big thing we've kind of touched on, but I haven't like hit that nail on the head. It's like we have a responsibility. It's not the government's responsibility to take care of the choices that you've made. And so we're fighting that fine line of like, we've kind of, it was interesting, like on our family text, um, there was a picture of like, this is really dumbing down what you comparison you've made here is like a Mercedes dealership had posted on a billboard right above a BMW lot. <laughs> and like saying, if you want X, like come to Mercedes, I don't know. I can't even remember what it was, but it's like, that's not right. Well, be careful what you wish for. If you tell somebody they've got to take it down, you're limiting the free market. And that is one of the core principles of our country. If you start telling the government or start telling somebody, hey, you've got to do X, Y, and Z, be careful what you wish for because they're going to take that away. And that's your free speech. Yep. Free speech also does not mean that you're correct. True. Free speech is just that, free speech. Free speech. You Does cannot mean, take. You cannot say that what I'm saying is limiting whatever you're saying. It's yep. just it's a conversation. We've got to have a conversation. Exactly. It, That's part of the glory of the free country that we live in. Doesn't mean I have to agree with you. That's right. It's free speech. It's free speech for everyone. And you know, it's fascinating to me, especially what's going on right now in Israel. Yeah. Right with Hamas. Scary. I you know, and and here's my stance on it. And this is going to probably you know piss some people off my podcast. Yeah, it um, is. I support Palestinians. I support Israelis. Mm-hmm. I don't support terrorism. Correct. Right? And Hamas murdering. That's murdering, putting it lightly, unfortunately. Beheading infants. Yeah, pretty sad. Really, really sad. Cannot be tolerated. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, I do not think Palestinian civilians should be punished yeah. for the actions of a terrorist organization that yeah conceal themselves within Palestine. Yeah. But I do not for one second believe that, you know, it's wrong to speak up and say that. Mm-hmm. But if you look on social media, that statement right there, if this gets posted on social media, which it will be, yeah, I'll be canceled. And, or someone will try to yeah. say something. I don't care. Yeah. The, the point is, is that we have free speech yeah, and we, we have our right to free will and pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. And then I think that slowly we're as, as an organization, as an organization, excuse me, as a country, yeah. we're being stupid and allowing that to slowly be taken away from us. And I think as fathers, as men, we have to instill that in our children yeah. and not let them forget it. Yeah. Well, and like, it was just like two things that you hit on. Like the, that's the casualty of war, unfortunately, is that like, if you want to harbor terrorists, like I'm like, they might be in this spot and this bomb that we're going to drop is going to hit them and could have a, you know, you're harboring terrorists. Like then there's some people that like, unfortunately may not know that, but they're in their backyard. And so like, I'm not sure what to do about that and how that impact it has. But like another thing was you said, like the pursuit of happiness, it is a pursuit. 
Exactly. It's not a give in. It yeah. is a pursuit. Well, and I think it's something that I, and I was thinking of this the other day was as everything kind of started and, and I don't want to focus on the Israeli Palestine, you know, conflict too much here, but it's, yeah. it, it's what's in my head so much for the last several days. But did yeah. you ever, did you ever watch the movie, the kingdom with Jamie Foxx early 2000s? No, no, I haven't seen that one. Solid movie for the record. Okay. okay I'll check it, that one out. So check it out. But it, it's got Jennifer Garner, Jamie Foxx, um, the guy from the, the show, the Ozarks. And um, anyways, if, if you've watched the movie at the end of the movie, there's a scene where Jennifer Garner's character asks Jamie Foxx's character about what, or excuse me, um, she, another character asked uh, J- Jennifer Garner's character what Jamie Foxx had whispered to her at a, a scene pretty early on in the movie. Okay. And then there is another scene where an, an older, uh, where a, a middle-aged woman is talking to her either son or grandson. And um, she asked what his grandfather had whispered in his ear as he was dying. Mm-hmm. And they both whispered the same thing. And it was, we're going to kill them all. And the grandfather that was dying in the grandson's arms in the, vi- in the movie is portrayed to be a Muslim extremist. Okay. And Jennifer Garner and Jamie Foxx play FBI agents yeah. uh, trying to you know, investigate and find the source of a bombing attack that took place in Saudi Arabia. Hence the name of the word, the title, the kingdom, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, right? Okay. And so the idea there is that if if two sides can never find peace, yeah, if they're always just focused on killing one another, there's no pursuit of happiness there. And yeah. I think as a society, not just as a country, but as a society, people need to wake up and realize that we are always yeah. going to have differing views. We're going to end up in that conflict. Everybody is. Yeah. I mean, I don't care... I do not care if you have, if you're an atheist, I don't care if you're a Christian, I don't care if you're Buddhist, I don't care if you're a Jew, I don't care if you're Muslim. I have friends that are in all, that that have all those beliefs, all of them, and I love each and every one of them, and I'll be the first person there to defend them, but I will never support the murdering of innocents. No. Ever. No. And But I think, looking back, and the reason I'm going down this is that 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 kind of approach is starting to overtake our country to where yeah. we nobody are, can have an opinion. Nobody can have an opinion. Yeah. And it's, we, we have to have, we have to be able to function and have opinions to, mm-hmm. to operate as a society. And we're taking yeah. away our ability to operate freely and have to rely yeah. upon the government because we're taking opinion away. Right. hundred percent. And you know, um, anytime Allison and I talk about this is, it always comes back to like, you know what? we have to completely trust that God's put people into power for, for a reason. Um, whether doesn't matter what side of the aisle you sit on, I sit on the opposite of what's in the white house. And, um, but you know, God put them, him there for the reason, like all of them, every single person that's up there in DC or at your local government, they're there for a reason. Um, but, and there, and God will work through that in some way, shape or form. Sometimes I'm like, wow, God, what art miracle are you going to pull out of this one? Because like, wow, I don't, I didn't know we could go this far down the drain. Yeah. Um, and it's, but he can and he will. Um, and I, I can't wait to see what that looks like. But it's uh, like, it's always teaching opportunity for us. Like, for sure. you know what? You, you, you go and vote. You have, you do your, you have duties. healthy conversations mm-hmm. like, like we are here, but like we have healthy conversations about, with those across the aisle. Um, and at the same, and like, and those are with our friends. Those are with our acquaintances. You know what? And you also have to know when to say, like, okay, I think we're going to disagree, agree to disagree here. 
Yep. And you're just like, okay, we're done. And like, pick that conversation up another time if you want to, but it's just like, cool. All right. And you got to know when to say, okay, we're done. But yeah. all that to say, like, did we talk much about sales today? We talked a little bit at the beginning. We <laughs> We've talked. This is this is a general Taylor Taylor and Farrell conversation. Welcome it to is. Our, and, and I to think our, to our world. What What's so funny about the podcast is that since it started, I have noticed that it's taking less and less of a sales theme. I'm like, darn it, do I need to rename the podcast? <laughs> um, because so many people initially haven't watched it, from what I'm told, because they're like, well, I'm not okay. in sales. I'm like, hey, bro, like everything a involves in sales. Life. It's like, yeah. hey, what do you do? Oh, well, I, I, I do contracts. Okay, well, who are those contracts for? People that are buying our insurance policies. I was like, you're in sales, brother. Okay. Yeah. Like, and people are like, but I'm not. I'm like, you're not in direct sales, but sales affects you. Um, but I think for me, the podcast is, is really quickly developing into this, this idea of creating communication amongst fathers, young fathers, yeah, yeah, yeah. mid 30s, young, you know, 20s to 40s, guys that are kind of newer to the, newer to the field of parenting. Yeah. Um, but I think too, it's, there's definitely some sales attributes in there. And I think yeah. going back all the way, you know, we'll kind of wrap up with the relationship piece. I think mm-hmm. that is what has allowed you to be successful. Yeah. You 100%. are really good at relationships. Thank you. And I, I, I think you and I, we're typically much better than this, but you and I can go four five, six weeks not talking. Yeah. Because it's we're happened. busy. Doesn't happen often, but it does. Doesn't happen often, but it does. And then pick up the phone and we're, yeah, you know, pick up. we're solid, like right yeah. where we left off, right? Yep. And I, I think that is, I think you learn that ability. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can be taught that ability. And, and I want to get your opinion on this. This is one yeah. thing I wanted to circle back to. The best manager in my sales career thus far um, gave me a really sound piece of advice one time. He said, when you're, when you're meeting it with a prospective client, treat it like you're having a cup of coffee. Yeah. Right. For sure. Establish that relationship. Yep. You, you know, learn about them. Then you're going to learn their needs. Then you start going into maybe what's going on. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? Is that a similar approach to you? No, I agree. Yeah. Like, and it varies by, man, not even account, but by person in each account. Right. Some people want to talk about whatever's going on. Majority of people want to talk about their family, their friends, what's their been going on in their day. Um, but all of that helps me provide for them. Right. Like it may not have to do with the device I'm trying to pr- provide that day, but if, if I can understand they're trying to get five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, back in their day, it can help me communicate with them how what I'm teaching that day or providing that day contributes to that. It's sales is not about selling a widget. It is about providing for the consumer. Yes. The consumer has to understand, or you have to understand as a salesperson where that person stands and you have to take what you're providing and, mold it around that. Can I, can I bring up an idea that I think that has fed into your sales success? Yeah. So when you played football, you played line. Yes, I did. And a lot of pounds ago. (laughs) One of the things that a good lineman knows is you can read the body language. A lot of times of what the guy across from you is going to do. That's a great correlation. And, and I think, and I'm I'm not trying to self compliment myself here, but I think one thing that you and I have, I've seen this, I've seen you do it and I know I do it. Yeah. Is you can read the room. 
You can read energy. Man. If someone's spooked, you can calm yeah. down. You can bring it up. Like you can read the room very well. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I I, tr- I try. Allison might <laughs> disagree with you um, because you know at the same time, like I, I will also say, like it is about who I'm around. You know, like if there's people like you, like when we go to South Dakota, like I'm going to stay up later. I'm going to communicate more because it's the, these are my people. Um, there's often times where I'm like, these are not my people, but I have to be here. So I'm here and I'm going to like, it takes a lot out of me to, to be the kind of like what Megan probably does. Like the work day takes a lot out of her. So when she gets home and she's safe, that's when she's like, okay, exactly. Um, but you just got to understand like, yeah, you're going to get drained sometimes. And Allison knows when I get drained, that's the beauty of, of the relationship God created with Adam and Eve of man and wife of like, okay, when you get home, you know, Megan better than anybody. Megan knows you better than anybody. Allison knows me and I know Allison, but like, and it all comes back to God's creation and, and moving on and fully embracing that because that's where we get built up. And that is our job. And I'm speaking to myself more than any other dad that's out there. Like it is our job as husbands to build up our wives and then build up our children. We are husbands first and then we are fathers. Yeah. Because and I I'm I'm gonna say this now because it is extraordinarily important to me, is like and my wife is a words of affirmation person, so she'll hear me when I say this. There's not anyone else I'd rather be married to. There's not anyone else that knows me better. There is not anyone else that God could have put in my place in with me to fight the 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 fights of life than Allison Hubbard Strickland. And I'm extraordinarily thankful for that. So I've built up my bank a little bit, but, and that, you know, so like, and like the love languages, like one more little tidbit, like husbands, if you don't know your wife's love language, there's five of them. My wife's is words of affirmation. You're killing me. What is Megan's? This is her favorite thing to talk about it. And, you're killing I'm me. terrible at You're it. You're digging my early grave right no, now. No, Farrell. All right, find out what it is. <laughs> find out what it is. Understand it's that. It's time together. Time. It's hers is. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible at words of affirmation. Terrible. Because I'm, I'm like, when I get home, I'm kind of like Megan. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to play with my boys. Allison's a night out. I'm a morning person. We. So when our time starts, Luke was a great challenge. He, did, he didn't know he was challenging me, but he challenged me when he was saying, like, after his he puts his boys down, like, he spends time with his wife and yeah. has conversation. I'm like, I just want to watch the Braves. Not not recently, not after last night. Hopefully tonight we turn it around. Maybe. Chop on. But, uh, you know, like, husbands, commit. you're committed to your wife. And yeah. I'm talking to myself more passionately now than I am talking to anyone. It's like, you, that she's there. After your kids are gone, your wife's there. Do not let, I'm, again, I'm preaching to myself, do not let the day your kids walk out of <laughs> The house to go to college be the time you say, who are you? Yeah. I, I, look, you're right. I mean, we, we've we only in the last six months really gotten back to being good about, you know, having a solid date night. Yeah. Um, that's, that's super important. That It's golly, man. It's incredibly important. I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to get a different mic stand for this one in the future because I'm, I'm realizing if I get closer. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I, I, you know, what I'll say here is it, it – I am definitely, I, I'm such a driven person. I'm not easy to put up with. 
I know that in terms of, yeah. you know, being a spouse with all my ideas and what I'm trying to work out. Yep. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming, and I'm not throwing her under the bus by any means here, but I'm assuming she's like, okay, another idea when mm -hmm. I came up with this idea. Right. Um, how much but, does this game cost? Oh, did <laughs> mm -hmm. another, yeah, yeah. Tally that one. Um, there's microphones on order right now oh my goodness. for the trip that we can record on the trip. Cause I'm not bringing I'm all this about that one. That'll be a good one. Um, we'll have to hold them and pass them cause it's just two mics, but it is what it is. But anyways, the point is, is that it's growing to, you've, you've got to grow in your relationship constantly with your bride. Yes. And, and I was failing at that Yeah. because it's, I was, it, there's ups and downs. For oh dude. I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I was in, a, I was in the deepest rut of connection with my wife about seven months ago because I was so consumed by work yeah. and other stuff that was going on. Um, you know, and, and just making that time to get together, you know, is so important, but then also getting that time, just the two of us, not the kids, yeah. just the two of us. And we're actually going to take a vacation here. I think, um, early spring, something like that, just to That's get awesome. away. Yeah. Um, she keeps wanting to go to Asheville and I'm like anywhere, yeah. but Asheville, I don't want to go to Asheville. I, I, Allison's on that. Scene. I told her 10 years, you can get a, you 10 years. You've put up me for 10 years. You get a vacation. And now we're, yeah. we've hit that and I'm kind of feeling it. I just, <laughs> I just want to go out of the country or at least out to the mountains out West. And Megan's like, let's go to Asheville. I'm like, no. Um, See, Megan and I get along. Like, I don't want to go far, but Allison wants to go out of the country. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, do I dude. have to get on a plane? I don't want to get on another plane. That is the thing I miss the most from my, my old job is know, traveling the world. It, it still, that is the biggest miss. Yeah. But I will never regret giving up that amount of travel to be with my kids because yeah. I, I was called to be a father and I've known that right. since high school. But yeah, yeah. one last question to end on. I know you need to get on the road and get going. Um, when you're called home one day, yeah, how do you want to be remembered? Oh my gosh, Farrell. Why'd you ask me that? Um, oh my. All right, let me think about this. But because I'm, I want to come back to the point and then I'll, I'll try to answer your question. Um, something that I really like looking in your kitchen, like on your refrigerator is first Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind. does not anger. does not boast. Does not keep record of wrongdoing. I'm bad about that. I am too. <laughs> this whole podcast, <laughs> I'm talking to myself. This is bad. <laughs> like, I'm sorry for y'all that are listening. Everybody's going to be like, what the crap are these guys talking about? Um, but no, like, um, man, here, here, okay, here. This is uh, referring back to, like, again, what I, um, my speech at my grandfather's funeral. Um, what I want to be known as, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, I try. I'm not the best. Um, but I've learned that, like, just through through many things like listening to other podcasts um, about faith and how you do that, you can be riding down the road. Like I have two and a half hours back to Birmingham and I'll spend a little bit of that a reflection of like these past couple of days, but also just in communication with God. Like you don't like a podcast I was listening to the other day was like, where's your space? Where's your spot? It can be in your car. You don't have to be tucked away in a very special place and like what a spiritual place or what have you to communicate with God. He is ever present. He is still here when I go down the street and he's with me and he's with you. 
and that's the beautiful thing about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is that. And so, I mean, I would say that's, that's something that I want to be known, known. Like that's what I want to leave behind. Um, Micah six, eight, do justly love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. Woodlands camp started. I went there for the first time. Golly hell. Eight, eight. No, I was older than that. But anyhow, that was their camp verse. He has shown thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. Humbly. Humbly. Not boasting, but walking humbly. I feel like like that put a cap on it well. That was good. I I think that's, that's something that I think if we all could be mindful of, you know, for those of us that are believers. I think it's it's a good way to center yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's I think uh getting away from the social media, you know, and caught up on what other people have and and realizing yeah. oh my goodness, where yeah. your identity, you know, really is what really matters. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's there's no better way than that. Yeah. Didn't Luke say like did they delete Instagram or was I listening to something, something else? I don't know, but that's probably, I need to do that. I forget what Bible verse he, he, he was quoting the, um, the verse yeah, that he, he has did. tattooed his, on his arm. His was good. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like just hearing people's hearts. Yeah. That's been one of the greatest things about this podcast is like hearing your heart and hearing your guest's heart. That, um, and that's been like, like I really can, I started this to be like a, a sales podcast and like almost like a shoot the crap with the boys. And like, it's turned into this like raw, like it's awesome. And, and it's, it's needed. It's needed. It, yeah. That is one thing that men lack on now mm-hmm. is being honest and like, what is life really? Yeah. Um, but it's been awesome, man. You've done a great job with this. I like, appreciate props it, man. to you, man. Like you've invested you, that. And that's one thing I, I said on the first podcast and I, this is completely different from our first podcast, which is funny. <laughs> um, but like, uh, Farrell, like you truly, like you're challenging to me because like when you do something, you are 1 million percent committed to it. Like you went and got a mic today. You could have said like, all right, we'll figure out how to make, I would have been like, okay, let's like kind of huddle around this one mic, figure out how to make it work. No, like, dude, you're committed. And I admire you for that. Um, because anything you do, you're committed to it. And I like, that's why you're on my board. You're like, thank you. If, if I, there's things I, I know Farrell's know, knows about this and he didn't just read one article about it. He read 50 articles about it. And like, I, who knows the amount of research you put into doing this? I can only imagine. And it, you do it right. You're not just gonna like be cheapo on it or whatever. Just, I mean, I'm it, I'm still being cheap. Well, yeah. Well, like you're wise. Wise <laughs> is a better way to put it. But it, all that to say, like, yeah, this has been fantastic. So thank Good. you for that, and thanks for having me. Like, this has truly been a lot of fun and like hopefully we can do it again and for sure you know um i look forward to hearing other people on it because this is really great well hopefully we'll have some more people i'm trying to get logan lined up for next week and gonna get some recordings on the trip so it'll be a good thing man but i really appreciate you taking the time and 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 stopping by on your way home yeah absolutely thanks for having me all right buddy we'll have you back on soon all right buddy